Shalom Aleichem. We're going to review the Kutasichas, volume 16, Mishpatim Sikha 5. This is a very special Sikha, if you can say such a thing, they're all special, but the precision of the way the Rebbe learns the Rashi, which a Rashi which seems completely superfluous and strange, and it becomes precise that Rashi's words and Rashi's message is, is um, compelled by the text. You know, this is true in every single sikha, but sometimes you see it clearly that the Rebbe shows that the precision is there and Rashi is, so to speak, just telling us what this text is saying and spelling it out to us. So this is the last Pasuk of today's parasha. Where let's bring it up on the screen. The Teda says that Moshe Rabbeinu in verse 18, Moshe came within the cloud and went up on the mountain. And uh, Rashi says on that Pasuk, this cloud was kind of a smoke. And Hashem made a path within it for Moshe to ascend. Uh, this cloud, meaning as opposed to other clouds, there are other clouds written earlier in the Teda, including earlier in verse 15, and earlier in Pashas Yisrael. That Moshe went on a cloud. When it says a cloud, it means a cloud. We know Hashem followed the Jews with a cloud of glory by day and a, a cloud of smoke, a pillar of smoke at night, pillar of fire at night. So the cloud and the smoke are not the same. But this cloud is a cloud of smoke, says Rashi. So the Rebbe has three questions. Number one, what's bothering Rashi? The verse is self-explanatory. Moshe came within the cloud, went up to the mountain. There's no need for any explanation. There should be no Rashi. Secondly, why Rashi innovates that this cloud is different than all other clouds, that is a cloud of smoke. As mentioned, the cloud has been mentioned many, many times in the Chumash, uh, and it will be mentioned again later in, in, in the future, Parshias. And normally it means a cloud, and suddenly it means smoke. And cloud and smoke are actually opposites. Cloud is, is water-based, smoke is fire-based. Why does Rashi say anything, but why does he innovate that it's the opposite of what it normally means? And number three is, why is there a need suddenly for a path to Moshe to go in? And Moshe is afraid of going into a cloud. Uh, Moshe went into the thickest clouds. Moshe is not a, 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 the, fear, the fearful type. In fact, with Sukkim, which say, I believe later in, in Baris Khanon, that Moshe went into the mountain, three levels of thickness of clouds, and nowhere do we find that the Torah says that Hashem has to make for him some kind of canopy or path, the Hebrew word shvil, Moshe goes up. Suddenly Rashi feels a need to explain that Hashem made him a shvil, and this is Rashi, which means this is on the pshat level, on the literal level, he needs a canopy. And what happened to all the other times he went into the clouds? These are the Rebbe's three questions, they're very strong questions. Parenthetically, I'm quoting as the Sikha brings down that in the Gemara, the Talmud, it says that how do we know that in this case there was a cloud because the language is used within, and that word is mirroring words that we find by the splitting of the sea by Kriyas Yamso that it says that the Jews went into the dry land within the sea. So whenever there are mirroring words, within, within, so we find the connection. So the Gemara, the Talmud says on the Talmudic level of study, that that's how we know that there was a shul, there was a path or a canopy similar to when the Jews, uh, similar to when the Jews walked into the sea, where that same word within is employed, indicating that there was 
a path. There was a path in the sea for the Jews. There was a path in the cloud formation. But that is all on the Talmudic level of study. Why does Rashi bring that down on the Pshat level? Okay. So, the Rebbe comes up with a whole new explanation. The Rebbe says, what's bothering Rashi? It's a repetition. If you look on the screen, you have the last four verses of this parasha. And verse 15 and 18 are repetitious. Verse 15 says that he went up to the mountain, that it was a cloud on the mountain. So obviously he went into the cloud. Why does it repeat itself in verse 18? That's what's bothering Rashi. He didn't decide to that this cloud is a different type of cloud just because. It's clear that it has to be a different type of cloud because it's repetitious otherwise. He went up to the mountain and they went into the cloud. He went up to the mountain in the cloud. Sarashi's thinking, aha, this is a different cloud. Now, what kind of cloud is it? So then there's another thing that shows up that, that uh, a seeming misplacement of verse 17. If you look at verse 16 and 17, they flow together, but the second half of 16 should have been later. Why? The first half of 16 describes the way the mountain looked. The glory of Hashem rested on the mountain. 17 further describes the way the mountain looked. The appearance of Hashem like a consuming fire on the mountain. The second half of 16 is describing what happened on the mountain. If you ever explaining to a person, especially if you're writing it in a book, certainly in Tater, which is perfect, when you're explaining a scene and then you're explaining what happened, first you set the stage and you say the scene looked like this, A, B, and C, and then you say, what happened? Here in the first half of 16, it tells you how it looked. The glory of Hashem. And then it interrupts by saying what happened, that Hashem called Moshe. And then in 17, it goes back to describe the description of the scene. It's, it's very strange. This is a problem in Pshat level, the literal level. Plus, the language is that it was a consuming fire. A divine fire, to the knowledge of the student so far in Torah, is that a divine fire, which is a miraculous fire, does not consume. That's what we find with Moshe with the burning bush. The language is the, this fire with the, the, the bush was on fire and the, the and the fire was not consuming. The bush was not consumed. And here the Torah makes a point to say, no, it's a consuming fire. So these are the three problems that bother Rashi, which cause Rashi to give his interpretation. Says the Rebbe, if you look on the screen, you have the, the Rebbe's explanation that the three things that are bothering Rashi, based on that, it answers all three questions. First of all, what's bothering Rashi? A lot of things. So therefore, why is he innovating? Rashi knows that this type of, because of the repetition, this cloud is a different type of cloud. What's the clue that this cloud is a smoke cloud versus a regular cloud, which would be vapor or caused by, by water type of substance? The clue to that is the fact that in the interim, the Tata puts in this business with a consuming fire and it puts it out of place. It puts it in 17 right before 18, rather than putting it earlier before Hashem calling out to Moshe to indicate that now when Moshe went up to the mountain on this particular ascent, suddenly there was a consuming fire and there was a kind of smoke. And this becomes the definition of verse 18, a cloud that's a cloud of smoke, if you wish, 
not a cloud that's a regular cloud. That explains the repetition. It also explains why verse 17 is throwing in seemingly out of place the description of the consuming fire on the mountain. And it also explains uh, why um, ex explains the fact that here the fire, the heavenly fire did consume, unlike by the Sana in Parshas Shemos, where it did not consume. This was a different plan and a different reality. And therefore, it was a smoky environment. Just take, take that in, the precision. <laughs> I know over the years before I learned this Sikha the first time, you know, you read this, you don't think about it. And it is repetitious. He goes into a mountain of cloud and he goes into the cloud. But, you know, obviously we know we have faith that there's a purpose. And then you read that Rashi and the, the Rebbe comes along and shows you the precision. He goes into one cloud. That's a cloudy thing. That's cloud. And then it's repeated. It's not cloud. It's a smoke type of cloud. The repetition is explained. That it's not repetitious at all. And the 17, the verse 17 is explained. That it is exactly where it needs to be. And therefore, obviously, this is uh, forcing Rashi to bring, obviously, from sources in the oral Torah, that there was a cloud of smoke. Smoke. To quote Rashi, this was a, a kind of a smoke. And that's what he went up with. Now, why do we need the, the shvil, the path? Because when Moshe is coming before Hashem, the Rebbe says very practically, when you're davening to Hashem, you got to be clean. If you walk through a path of smoke, you're going to be dirty. Let's assume he didn't get burnt because Hashem is calling him. He's not going to get burnt and he'll be protected. But, uh, but his clothing will become dirty. And it'll smell, and that's not appropriate. If he's going through a regular cloud of vapor, it won't affect him in a negative way. But if he goes through a, a cloud of smoke, it will. The smell and, and the dirt. And he's going to stand before Hashem. Even you and I, when we're davening, we have to make sure that we're clean. Certainly, Moshe Rabbeinu is coming before Hashem, the original prayers. He's going to be dirty. It doesn't make sense. This is a pshat-level question. It's a practical question. So the Rebbe Sarashi feels the need to tell the child, you should know that there was a shvil. He walked through a path and a canopy and he was protected and he was not affected, not by the smell and not by the uh, schmutz, by the dirt that normally smoke would leave on a person. If I can say so myself, it's brilliant and it's airtight. And it answers all the questions. Further question, though, is, okay, I got it. So this last verse, verse 18, is not talking about a cloud. It's talking about a smoke that he went up because of the smoke, because of the fire that took place. So why doesn't the verse, uh, why, why, why doesn't the verse say so? The verse says cloud, and we need Rashi to say it was a kind of smoke. The verse should have said it was a smoke. And secondly, why does it actually say it was a kind of smoke? He should just simply say it was smoke. As we'll see in the second half of the Sikha, when the Rebbe explains it on the spiritual level, he quotes from the portion of Yisrael that it says clearly the mountain was smoked, not like smoke, smoked, actual smoke. So that becomes the further question. I'm making it into two questions, but it's really one and the same. Now that we've concluded that verse 18 is not a cloud, it's a smoke. So why call it a kind of smoke? It should be smoke. And why even call it in the text? 
a cloud when it should simply say it's a cloud, it's a smoke. So the Rebbe says the answer is because if you that smoke is created by consumption, not just fire. If you have fire alone, you're not going to have smoke. Real smoke is from the consumption. There are no trees in the desert on a mountain, especially on top of the mountain. And therefore, there is really nothing to consume. So while there was smoke, but it's not actual smoke in the simple sense. I guess it wasn't natural smoke. It was a kind of smoke. You can't call it smoke. Because it's not really the normal smoke, which is a consumption of, of, of wood. It was like the mountain itself. The rock of the mountain was on fire. So nothing is really consumed. Perhaps that's why it says it was like a consuming fire. It doesn't say that line, that explanation in the Sikha, but I think it's apparent. It's like a consuming fire because it wasn't really consuming. What is it consuming? There's no trees. It's burning the rock. You can't consume rock. So therefore, the smoke was also a kind of smoke. And therefore, the text still refers to it as a cloud, indicating some kind of miraculous revelation. That's what the clouds always represented. Teda. Hashem appears in a cloud. But this cloud is not a vaporous cloud. It's a kind of smoky cloud. But it's not really smoke. Because there's no source of smoke on the mountain. Again, precise. It's interesting that on Har Sinai, when Moshe met Hashem the first time at a burning bush, there was a bush there. But maybe that bush was placed there miraculously. It's just an interesting aside. The Rebbe says that Mount Sinai is in a desert and therefore has no trees. When Moshe met Hashem the first time in the portion of Shemos at Mount Sinai, there was a tree there with the burning bush. So perhaps that bush was put there miraculously. Just putting that out there as a side. But normally in a desert, there's no trees. And therefore, there's no real consumption. And therefore, there's no real smoke. And it's like a smoke. It's a cloud. So again, everything fits into place. That's the end of the pshat level of the sikh. I want to now continue with the Rebbe goes on the spiritual level. The Rebbe calls it the wine of Torah of the sikh. And what is the lesson? What is the message? And what is the point? of this. So the Rebbe is going to tell us, and I'm going to have another portion to the chart in a second, but the Rebbe is going to tell us that fire obviously means divine revelation. Smoke means that you're consuming physicality. And that means when Hashem's light is able to come down to the world and transform the world, there's going to be consumption. So let's take a look. We're going to see we're going to see that there's a difference before Har Sinai, before Mount Sinai, before revelation of the Torah and after, the way the Torah refers to the consumption. And that is perhaps um, mirrored in the text itself. So let's see. We have the concept of fire and consumption in three parshas. We have it in Shabbos by the burning bush, as we said earlier, the fire does not consume. Then in Yisra, we have Mount Sinai is entirely smoked. And then we have today, Mishpatim, it's like a consuming fire on the mountain. So, for a second, let's focus on this line here. I'm putting the first one in parenthesis because this is not clearly in the Sikha. I'm sort of saying that it, it seems to uh, be the conclusion based on the Sikha. And that is, the principle of consumption is, as we said earlier, if fire is burning, it will create smoke based on how much it consumes. 
When we say fire is consuming, this is a metaphor for the fact that Hashem's light is transforming the physical. So before Matan Teda, we know the mitzvahs of the patriarchs and the matriarchs, etc. They were beautiful. They had, let's call it the heavenly fire, but they did not consume. They cannot transform the physical because they didn't touch down to the physical. They were more symbolisms of the physical. As is spoken about in many sikhs, that the mitzvah is done by the patriarchs and matriarchs and all the Jews. We know that the Yidin, the Shvatim, the 12 tribes of Israel did the mitzvahs and the tribe of Levi did mitzvahs perhaps. And the Jews studied Torah and all of this was done though in the spiritual sense. It was more of an antenna. The physical act was more of an antenna for spiritual energy, but there was no physical touching down of, of divinity. And therefore, pre-Sinai, the heavenly fire will not consume a thing. And perhaps that's why in Shemais, on the left column on the screen, the holy is not engaging the physical. The fire will not consume. Again, this particular thing is not explicit in the Sikh, but I think it's implicit. But when you come to Parshas Yisrael, when the Torah is about to be given, we find now the physical is very coarse, but the fire burns it. And that's why the language is Mount Sinai is entirely smoked. Because Hashem, I'm quoting, Hashem has descended upon it in fire. Translation, Kedusha, holiness, Elokos, divinity, is now touching down to the physical world. Hashem is on fire down here, not in heaven. Hashem's fire, Yorad Olav Hashem Ba'ish, Hashem's fire, the fire of Kedusha, of holiness and divinity, is now descending on earth, and it touches the physical. The physical is going to be consumed, but it's making a tremendous amount of smoke, because when the wood is very coarse, it makes a lot of smoke, even though there was no wood there, just for full disclosure, because it's Mount Sinai. But the physicality is very coarse, and therefore, because this is just at the beginning of the process, Hashem coming down, but he didn't yet proclaim through the Sinai revelation that the physical is now a vessel and a vehicle to carry holiness. So at that moment, on the one hand, the fire did consume and create smoke. Doesn't really say consume because there was nothing to consume, but it created smoke, but it created a lot of smoke. It was entirely smoked up. Why? Because the physical was so coarse. So spirituality and physicality were at odds. However, they were meeting. But in Mishpatim, says the Rebbe, this is explicit in the Sikha. Once at Mount Sinai, Har Sinai, the revelation took place, and we broke this decree that heaven and earth cannot touch. Now, we're still busy in the process of Birurim, of refining the physical. We're going to do that until the Shiach comes and, and beyond. But until then, certainly, we are elevating and refining the physical. However, that physicality will not create a huge amount of smoke because that physicality has now been refined through the event of Sinai and therefore no longer is heaven and earth, are heaven and earth really in conflict? And therefore when the heavenly fire touches down on earth it will create a like a smoke, a kind of smoke. It won't create a smoke smoke because it is refining a physicality which is really a vessel to it. The world was created for that purpose and now that purpose has been revealed. So all we're really doing is refining something that is potentially refined. And therefore, therefore, at Shemais, the language is the fire doesn't consume at all, because heaven and earth don't touch. In Yisrael, it's entirely all smoked up because they're meeting, but they're meeting before earth has been refined, and that creates that conflict. 
of spirituality and physicality create a tremendous amount of smoke. Whereas in Mishpatim, the language is it's like a consuming fire on the mountain. It's not really, because they're not really in conflict, because the physicality has already been refined by the revelation of Sinai, and therefore it's less. And this would explain, this would explain on the wine of Torah level. That's what we learned earlier in the Pshat level. That here in our Parsha, the Torah calls the cloud of smoke, it calls it a cloud rather than a smoke. Whereas in Yisrael, it called it a smoke. In the text. Not in Rashi, in the text. Only Rashi is the one who reveals to us that it's a smoke. And he calls it a kind of smoke. Unlike in Yisrael, where the text says it was entirely smoked, not kind of anything. Smoked! Because of the difference of the refinement of the physicality in the interim. To call it brilliant would be uh, would be making it cheap. And then the Rebbe gives us the lessons that, that they're very, very helpful in terms of our own Avedis Hashem. The Rebbe says that a person should not be afraid of engaging physical. Hashem will provide a path. A person could say, I'm afraid to get involved in the physical. When I gave this year in my Chabad else, my emphasis was that a lot of people who are looking for Yiddishkeit they're afraid of the physical mitzvahs because it makes Judaism too mundane. They like the mitzvahs of Torah study and prayer, they're spiritual. Are you telling me that mitzvahs are physical? Tefillin and mezuzah and kashos and, and, and kiddush. It doesn't talk to people who are looking for spiritual. So all of us have that, or, or you could say a person's afraid of the working of the physical world. We're supposed to serve Hashem in everything, in our business, in the physical. Etc. So this is something that whatever, on whatever level a person might ask that question. Says the Taita, Hashem provides a path to us because we each have a little Moshe in us. And the same way Hashem provided a path for Moshe that he doesn't even start to smell. He doesn't become dirty from smoke. The smoke doesn't affect it. So you and I, even though our Avedis Hashem is very physical, our mitzvahs are physical, and we're meant to serve Hashem in our business and in our family life and in every level of human life and our food. And yet, that will not smoke us up. It won't dirty us. We're involved in physical and we're unaffected by it. At least on the level of Moshe within us. And the Rebbe goes further to say, not only be, why will you not be affected, because you have this protection from Hashem, this path, but also because the smoke that the physical creates when it touches, when it meets up with the spiritual through our Avedis Hashem is not really smoke. It's only a kind of smoke. Because in the end, physicality is not really a conflict with Kedusha. Because the whole purpose of physicality was a, a keli, a vessel, which was only created for the purpose of refinement and revealing Hashem's world, that this is Hashem's world. The whole purpose of the taktainim of the lower world is it should be a home to Hashem. So therefore, it's not really a lower world in a negative sense. That's its whole purpose. It's almost like the way Hasidus explains that a body and a soul even though they're so far away, there's an infinite gap between them, and yet they, they marry in perfect unity because the soul was created, the body was created to be a vehicle for the soul. And therefore, it's not a bridging of a gap. It's really just coming home. It's a homecoming. So in a similar but different way, uh, the Rebbe speaks often, as Hasidus says, that the world was created for that purpose. And therefore, even when heaven meets earth, it doesn't create quite a real smoke. It creates a kind of smoke. 
because there's nothing really to consume. As the Rebbe said on the Pshat level of the Sikha, applying this now on the spiritual level, it's not, it's not really a problem. And therefore, don't be afraid of the physical and the dust that, that it kicks up when you try to live a more refined life, a tighter life. It's not such a conflict. You didn't kick up any real dust. It's a make-believe. Because really the world is a holy place because that's its purpose and for which it was created to begin with.